Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 54. Nothing but questions with me, George, as always joined by Tom, David Frost, to my ice pop. How's it going? <laughs> I like that one. That's good. Um, I'm very well, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right, I think. Yeah. it's uh, We've got a bank holiday weekend, so we've got a little we bit have. of an extra behind the scenes. Everyone loves a behind the scenes special, don't they? They do. Um, so we've Thanks. asked the community for their comments and questions about us, the show, life, the universe, and everything, ultimately, Tom, as far as I can tell, uh, which is, you know, we're very honoured to have received them. We're also going to bring, let's give them the rundown the way they like it. So we're going to give them some of the latest white hot gaming news, Tom. The feature is going to be the aforementioned questions and answers. Answers, answers <laughs> session that we've got planned. Then we're going to have Stingray belt up the drive in classic fashion. No matter what you do, he just keeps coming back. Uh, and then I'll ask you what you're hoping to play. And the show kicks off. Seems very anemic this week, but I'm sure we'll pad it out and talk for six hours regardless and give Phil the producer something to slash and cut. Uh, <laughs> Odders. Grip your Wii, insert remote for Mario Kart. Hold it tight, friend. Tom, what you've been playing? Uh, this week, I've carried on with my Last of Us playthrough, uh, ready for playing part two. Very near the end now. I'm just getting, I've just got to the city outskirts before the hospital, which is the final portion of the game. Uh, I just touched briefly on the part before that, where if you haven't played it, get and you want to play the sequel, get on it, because we're just going to quickly discuss some parts of the plot. Uh, so after Joel sort of falls and skewers himself on a uh, some rolled steel, um, he is like carried out of the building or sort of helped out of the building by Ellie, and she tries to nurse him back to hell. Uh, it moves the timeline forward a bit to winter, and you're out hunting with Ellie with a bone arrow. And it's quite interesting just to switch to a different player than Joel for a little bit. And she comes across this guy who at first appears shady and then proves that uh, he's trying to help her. But double twist again. He then shows his true colours and reveals that he is not a nice man. They track Ellie down to where she goes back to uh, to sort of look after Joel. Um, so she leads them from him to sort of save him because he's weak and he can't fight or anything. And she ends up in their like little village commune, which is a very, very dark place. Yeah. She discovers that these are actually cannibals, like they're eating other humans, um, which is pretty grim. And it, the, the plot gets very dark um, and it's quite a tense. There's a sort of snow blizzard comes to the town and, um, you play as Ellie for a little bit sneaking around and then you, you switch back to Joel and you do feel like that, yeah, I'm back and I'm going to go get her and save her. And Although she doesn't need much saving at that point because she, <laughs> um, she proceeds to plunge a, a machete into aforementioned character's head. Uh, and I think that's a really important turning point for her as a character because I quickly played like a minute or so of, uh, the next park because it skips to spring 
Yeah. And Joe's is talking to her about teaching her how to play the guitar when this when they can finally find somewhere where they can settle down a bit and she just she's just not there. You can tell that's had like a traumatic effect on her, what she's just been through, and I think that's gonna be touched upon more and uh, and give her some like or motives for why she does what she does and how she can be incredibly violent because of what she's seen. But yeah, that's uh, really enjoyed that. Um, nice to have a second playthrough. Uh, played some Warzone this week with some friends. We had a win last night as a team of four. Um, I know there's been various updates this week. Uh, there's like a classic battle royal mode for those who don't know now. So there's no gulag to go into where you can get respawned. There's no loadouts to buy. Um, it's basically the very old-fashioned way of you land with no weapons, you loot what you can. When you die, you're dead. Uh, you can be revived by your friends if you're playing in um, duos, true. Sorry, they're in duos, trios or quads. Yeah, uh, that's good fun. Uh, been practicing Overwatch again, trying to have level you, up on the competitive have you found season. That uh, that more battle royal royale style is, style is more fun, or do you think that the COD Call, Call of Duty Warfare Zone Night is actually which which way round do you prefer it? Um, so we played a couple of games of that last night, the classic one, and it's it's a lot harder because you land in with just fists and you've just got to try and find what you can uh, and not having the option of the goo, like where you can, if you win, you get thrown back into the game or being brought back. So it's it's harder, definitely. It's um, the more difficult of the two. But yeah, it's still quite fun. It's a bit more tense, I suppose, because you've got to be a bit more careful, whereas a lot of the time, Two or three of us all seeing an enemy team, and all you just want to do is like, oh yeah, let's go fight them. It's a bit more Hunger uh, Games. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see like um, a bit of a take on that with more basic weaponry and maybe even a bit of a crafting element of I don't know. You land and you've really got to try and survive and build your own weaponry, um, and then maybe towards the end game you get access to like I don't know a hidden bunker or building or whatever and you've got some proper firearms in there but they don't mm. have to be like crazy weapons have just you seen like have a, you seen this thing where people have been finding these key cards on Warzone yeah. and opening up these bunkers and then there's another door and another door and another door we don't know yeah, what's I behind think, these doors yet do we it's, it, it's it all very like lost yeah it seems like it's leading to a bit of an uh, event maybe in the fortnight vein of um giving little clues Last night we found a phone uh, and one of the mates answered the phone and it was in Russian uh, and apparently that gives you access to a bunker. But he got killed on the way to the bunker uh, and we thought, oh, maybe because we've received the phone call, any of us can open the bunker, but you can't. So it has to be that person. So it's, it, that adds another dimension of maybe protecting that character a bit more uh, mm. and it's getting them to the bunker, which is quite cool. Uh, I know it gets panned a lot, Call of Duty, but Warzone's free and it's a good laugh. Um, it's it's a, a very social. Got to install the full game though, which made my eyebrow raise the other day. Yeah, this is a problem, uh, massive problem. It's, it, I think it's over two hundred gigabytes now for the whole thing, and that's disgusting. It's it's just they they can say all they like. It's just they're not compressing the files and they're just lazy. It's brutal, but it's true. Wow. If you can, if you can shove Red Dead Redemption into a hundred gigabyte, it's probably more after the updates. But that's a massive world with loads of dialogue. Same with um, 
Ghost of Tsushima, which they said is going to be roughly, I think only 50 gigabyte for that. Uh, and, and many other open world games. I think, I think they're taking the, the Michael a little bit with that one, aren't they? With Call of Duty. It's a shame they can't separate the two parts of the game out and then just let you have the free download. There's a yeah. smaller version just for the Battle Royale. Yeah. Again, what do I know? Uh, what but do yeah. I know? <laughs> well, we're about to find out because that's uh, all I've been playing. Uh, I'm going to ask you what you've been playing. Oh, okay. So let me have a little think. I've been playing NBA 2K on the Dreamcast. I've been playing Total NBA 97. Uh-huh. No, 96 on the PS1. Um, that plays a little bit better, but it's a little bit more arcadey, even though I'm playing it on simulation because NBA 2K on the Dreamcast. You just get fouls all the time. Offensive foul, defensive foul. So, <laughs> oh, really? I'm trying to get the ball. Surely that's the idea of this silly game. Um, well, um, sorry, carry on. So it's a little bit uh, disappointing. Um, yeah. What were you going to tell me? Well, I'm kind of pleased you're playing a, an American sports game because just quickly, uh want to say we're working on a bit of a feature coming up. We're just thinking on when's a good time to release it we're going to try and coincide it with something in the same vein but we're going to do an american sports game feature because we're british and we play we play a varying amount of uh, over the years we've played a lot of american this is your magnum opus i'm expecting possibly the best script you've ever written well you're going to be helping as well so oh am i get the checkbook out write those checks yeah. that your ass can't cash um yeah phil james are all getting involved Wow. A, group effort. a magnum opus. Yeah, but we're going to be looking at basketball, baseball, um, NFL, uh, wrestling. I think we're going to do a nice little feature on sort of a British person's take on American sports I don't games. take coffee, I drink tea, my dear. <laughs> yeah, I like it. This, Yeah, so I expect plenty of um, American and British slang uh, spiel. And yeah, we'll probably speak to some of our transatlantic friends about uh, their take on it as well. I don't take coffee, I drink tea, my dear. I like my toasting on one side. You can hear it in my accent when I walk, an Englishman's take on American sport. Did you just make that up or are we going to get copyrighted? No, I think the starts, uh, I just changed one line. But seeing as you are an Englishman in I New York, that. you like that. Is that going to be, have we already blown the intro? I hope you, you'll have to rewind and listen to this for when we do release it. But yeah, to, sorry to uh, digress massively there. Uh, we'll get back to what you've been playing. But yeah, stay tuned for that one. Oh, yeah, me. Uh been playing Star Wars Arcade on the 32X. Uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, brutally difficult at times, but <laughs> yeah. it's a fun little game. Got about halfway through that on repeated occasions. Um, Desert Strike as well. Oh. Nice, great that's, game. That's such a good game. Such Is that, a uh, great been, game. The story you've been playing on the Mega Drive. Yeah, the gameplay, the handling of the of the chopper, the whole thing. It's just really on point. And some of the intro um, animated stills yeah. look great, even to this day. Um, and then I you find know, it. I found it hard to to navigate the map when I was younger 
Did you? Yeah, I don't know how that holds up. How do you feel? Uh, really well. You press start yeah. and then you can go left or right to go between the two different missions. Yeah. Very obviously where the helicopter is on the map. Very obvious. Mm-hmm. You head towards the flashing <laughs> uh, part that you need to go for. So I can imagine as a youngster that would be difficult, but probably if you only had loose cart as well. So, uh, But generally, great games. Held up really well. Um, I had a little go on uh, Nomad Soul on the Dreamcast, the David Bowie, uh, Quantic Dream, I think their first game, David Cage. Uh, uh, that game. It's just such a tank. It's just absolutely... I think, I'll be honest, it was so stuttery and uh, such a such a mess. I think it made me feel ill. So I went straight back to NBA 2K, no questions asked. Uh, yeah. What else have I been playing? Oh, Read Only Memories 2064. I finished that this very morning. I just got the epilogue to do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I think you just check in on some other characters. It's got some replayability, kind of. I might play it through again. Um, the man who finishes games yet again. Yeah. He's yeah. always knocking them out. Well, the, you write the story that you finish the games and then quietly in the background I just keep chipping away. Uh, Minecraft, <laughs> uh, falling in and out of love with that on a daily basis. It's got its hooks in me though. We're, we're making our way to the end game, so we need to find certain materials. Um, I feel the producers give me the thumbs up. 5.15 on the weekdays, 3.15 on the weekends, UK time. Be there or be square. Uh, I've so just sort of something. Okay. Minecraft, Minecraft based. Right. What we got? I, I just, um, I might talk to you about it off air, but it's something you could probably stream. Mm. And it's a new release. Mm. And something for the Minecraft fans. So if you don't get it with all those clues... That dungeons market. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see how it fares. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's it's not very Minecrafty for me, but maybe I'll have a rip through. If uh, if Notch is listening, seeing as I've boosted your uh, game downloads by probably millions, you ought to probably send me a code. You little rat. I think they should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else have I been playing? I'm trying to think. Well, oh, goodness gracious me. It's in the news, but we'll we'll just let people know about the facts and figures when we get to the news. But the, I had the downloaded the Iron Man VR demo, finished that. Not very long at all. Um, oh, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the meat and veg of it here as in the experience. Uh, it feels... It, yeah, the demo feels great. It leaves you wanting so much more, though. And it came across... There's been other Marvel experiences that have come out, uh, and because it was so brief, it kind of felt like like a tie-in for a film, like a Mickey Mouse thing. But it's it's got me it's got me intrigued as to what the main game's like. Obviously, you've got the move controllers, and you're pointing them at the floor, mm. and pull the trigger to blast up and push them back to move. It's one of the first games, I think, where you can just turn around in 3d space instead of like mapping round, and it maps the back of your head perfectly. Um, did, uh, did young James try it out? No, that's not happened yet. So we need to wheel him in at some point in time and clag him into it. Yeah. Um, maybe today. It, it looks impressive. Um, I watched someone playing it on YouTube. Well, the only, the only thing decent. was with the, with the demo, 
and I hope this is fixed in the full game. There's a bit where you're in a plane. It's in the trailer, so there's no spoilers here. Uh, and you're sat in Stark's private jet. Uh, Penny Potts is on board, and you've got your AI, the female Friday. And uh, oh, things happen, and the, the side gets blown out. And Pepper's yeah. still strapped in her seat, and she's like, we'll go to work. So you unstrap, and you jump out. And then it loads. If that had been a seamless experience, now I think the full game will be a seamless experience, but that was frustrating. Then you're outside falling, tumbling to the ground, which was great. And you're dodging bits. This is without the suit on. And then you're like, Friday, I need my suit. I need my suit. And she says, all right, right gauntlet inbound. So you hold up your right arm. It's like, then you've got firepower in your right hand so you can blast bits of uh, falling debris out of the way. And he's like, I need more. And she's like, right, left gauntlet inbound. So you hold up your left hand and it's on. That's right. And he's like, yes. And then the chest piece comes. And then he's like, I need my head up display. I need my head up display. And she's like, right, helmet on way. So the helmet comes in, locks in, loading. And it's like, oh, yeah, please. If that had just been, and go. See, this is, this is where next gen is going to really help, isn't it? I'I'll tell you what, about- I'll tell you one thing. If that's just because it's a demo, totally give them the slack. Totally give them the slack. Uh, and I, I think it is because it's the demo. So when we get the full game, when all that happens seamlessly, you are going to feel like an absolute boss. Uh, then you kind of go up to the plane and you've got to put some fires out on the exterior. You grip some wreckage with your, with your gloves and you kind of, prize off some bits that are stopping the aerolons from working uh yeah and and not too long after that you take out some bad guys and the demo ends and it's got some replayability there's definitely bits i think where they've they're keeping bits back from us like there's a bit where you fly around uh malibu mansion testing the suit out for the first time and you land on did you play batman vr did you finish you did yes didn't you? yeah yeah you know the bit where you go down into the cave and you put the cowl on and you put the gloves yeah. on, then it drops you into the back cave. There's a bit where you're kind of flying around the outside of the mansion and you go land on a spot and you press a button and it starts loading. Whereas I imagine in the full game, that's going to lower you down into the cellar, into his. Uh, but that was then removed and it's like, oh, I would have, I would have given anything for that to have yeah. been seamless. I think often with games, uh, game demos, they they chuck, uh, cut and chop a lot of different can, parts from the game, uh, full game. Well, I also so get you, the impression a, this is the demo that people were playing over a year ago when No Man's yeah. Sky VR came out. Because yeah. everything they described then is in this demo. Mm. So one would imagine they've just sort of chucked it out there Whereas the full yeah. game is going to be, oh, it's going to be so much better than that. So I'm excited th- for that. I think uh, that, uh, you forget how old some of these demos can be that have been in like um, shows and like stuff. Ju- ju- shows and journalists' hands for for well over a year, and you get old of them, and then like a month later, the full game's out, and you're like, wow, you can actually see quite quite the difference. Yeah, uh, from the early stage demo, but. Yeah, that's good. Shall we uh, move on to the news? I think I think I've covered everything I've been playing now. Uh, yeah, always a nice varied mix from you. Like to keep you guessing, don't I? And there's some questions coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing you answer reference games. So uh, 
Yeah. Gonna take going to test my knowledge. Very much so. News. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, as we've just talked about, suit up in Iron Man VR. If you've been itching to try out Marvel's Iron Man VR for yourself before the game's launch on the 3rd of July, cannot wait, you better get ready to suit up. The demo featuring multiple playable missions is hitting the PS4 to... Uh, when was that? Shouldn't have written the news this long ago, should I? I got all excited. Uh, it's out now, and uh, giving it a shot will let you exclude. Will net you the exclusive molten lava armor. Uh, oh, that's good for use in the full release. So even if you're only slightly curious, I'd go get the demo because gives you another suit. Here's a quick list of what the demo includes: Malibu tutorial mission, which I talked about, interactive Stark jet cinematic uh, featuring Tony, Friday, and Pepper Potts. Out of the blue, Stark Jet gameplay mission uh, and flight challenge optional message mission and the advanced combat challenge optional mission. Put my teeth in, spin them around, put them in the right way. Uh, yeah, so I think we've covered everything there. I'll give you my idea of what it's like. Um, the interactive Stark Jet cinematic is, is basically you sat getting an update from Pepper. You can open with your fingerprints uh, uh, I mean, spoilers if you don't want it ruining, but you know it's, it's all over the, the internet. You can open the suit in the case and have a look at it. You can pick up an iPad and flick through the news. Uh, it's, it's okay. Well, um, just quickly talking about um, the, the game got a small delay, didn't it, along with The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think they'll have added a little bit of extra polish or maybe just done a final bug on, on that and hopefully we'll get a nice really um, solid I was listening to an interview with Camouflage uh, I think it might have been the PlayStation podcast the official the American one about yeah. a month ago while on lockdown the ones, who, the ones who are below us in the charts aren't they that's right in America, I'm sure they're somewhere yeah. below us in the yeah. charts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and he was just saying, basically, the delay is because they had to implement emptying the office, getting people's kits back to their houses and how that was going to work and how they're going to interact. I don't know as they're going to add anything to the game. Although at the time, they did say they weren't too sure whether they were going to put out a demo. So the fact they've actually released this demo is uh, yeah. maybe a positive sign. I think that basically getting the heads around how to work remotely is where the delay came from. I think 3rd of July. It's uh, not too long away, really, is it? I've seen no. some physical packings of uh, what they're going to get in America. They're going to get two move ones, uh, the game in like an exclusive box, but it doesn't look like we're going to net that here in Europe. So oh, if you want, uh, the move ones are hellish expensive, but if you buy them brand new uh, from PlayStation or your Walmart or Amazon or whatever, however you want to get hold of them, that's the most price effective way. Cause even the PS3 era move ones still fetch crazy money on the second hand market. So if no one's got move ones and they're essential for this, um, get that box set ASAP on order. Very good. Uh, right, we'll get to the next bit of news. Reggie looking for filling. Here's something to look out for next week. Xbox head Phil Spencer will be joining former Nintendo of America president Reggie Philzer, mate, and award-winning author 
journalist Harold Goldberg's podcast next week, which is called Talking Games with Reggie and Harold. You'll be able to catch the podcast next week on May 26th over at Podcast GoFundMe page. It's raising funds for a new initiative to bring games and games writing courses to high school students in homeless shelters in New York City. Uh, and donors get access to lots of bonus bonuses such as extra content, uh, the ability to ask questions to Reggie and more. Are you still idea, throwing uh, food out your window to help the homeless in New York City or are you not doing that anymore? Only, only peelings. Just peelings. So, <laughs> yeah. You are horrible. I am. You are horrible. Uh, I, feel, uh, I feel at Christmas I'm going to be visited by three ghosts, one of which will be Ponselbury. Save that. That's the Christmas. Yes! <laughs> Write that down. One of them's Ponselbury. The other one's James. And the ghost of Christmas present is me. Okay. That is absolutely that now. belted. Oh, mate. Oh, wow. I am already excited for Christmas. That's genius. Okay. Oh, my internet connection is unstable. Are you still with me? You are. I'm still with you. I, hope I you cannot can wait okay. until you uh, come back and record in the studio here. It's, uh, well, next level, well. thanks to Phil. Oh, well, yeah. It might be a while. Hopefully, he can balance all this out. Perhaps. I'm sure he'll be able to. Uh, next bit of news uh, The Dark. Fortnite. Yes, the latest trailer for Tenet is the new is the next action trailer flick for director Christopher Nolan's just I'll start again. Start again. Yes, the latest trailer for Tenet, the next action flick from director Christopher Nolan, just had its debut within Fortnite's Party Royale mode. You can see what it looked like in the game via the video from uh, GameSpot. Someone's managed to screen captures a character looking at it. But when I did go to look at the trailer, not in the game of Fortnite, but watching GameSpot's video, there were people jumping around all over in front of it, just how we don't want an MMO to be. Within the world view, unable to view the trailer in movie theaters, Nolan Epic Games collaborated to bring the video to the game as the next best thing. Interestingly, that's not quite the full story, Tom. It's also been revealed that another Nolan movie, a full-length film from the director, Will play in its entirety within Fortnite this summer. It's not sure which that's... of his films will play, yeah. but that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. What's your guess? I'm going for. Um, it's got to be one of the Dark Knight trilogy, isn't it? Uh, it's probably going to be the second one, isn't it? I think yeah. people will tune in for Batman Begins. Uh, I think Interstellar and Inception, Memento—they're all going to be a bit too. I don't know. I Momentum's don't no, because it's a 15. The others are 12, which is age perfect for the game. So Inception could be in there, but... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Again, you know, Batman, Inception's a, seemingly a, his own idea, whereas Batman may may need buy-in from a studio uh, yeah, and, and DC Comics to let it happen. But well, there's already a tie-in there with Fortnite, yeah. so possibly... Yeah, maybe so. Mm. Well, it goes to show the power of that, and it's interesting to see with cinemas being closed out, people are promoting their product or, or their Picture film. Picture the scene five years from now. 
you're watching people play Fortnite in Fortnite on a screen. So you take your avatar in Fortnite to the yeah. drive-in theater to watch people playing Fortnite in Fortnite. That Maybe like that Inception. is Inception. Maybe it's going to be Inception. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> well, if you can just pick your brain up off the floor, listeners, because that's, uh, that's left me. That's, blo- that's blown my tiny mind. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on because I've got a little bit of bonus news. How dare you clap? Your hands will rupture the silk-like glove lining <laughs> off them. <laughs> Soft. As a baby's bottom. You normally tell me to clap, and there you are clapping for yourself. Unbelievable. Yeah, it might, they hurt now. I might have to go off air. Uh, Get your Taiwanese housemate to bathe them in Dove hand cream for three or four hours. I'm sure yeah. you'll be fine. So what, what's this bonus news? Phil. For you? Two, two seconds. Phil, what's the standing on claiming for sort of injury at work? He's shaking his head. It says that's not doable. Okay. All right. I just thought that might have been a bit more pennies there. Bit of bonus news. Blue Point Games are rumoured to be working on a Jack and Daxter trilogy. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, a remake for the PS5 and also possibly Legacy of Kane. I've never played that, but I think you have. Ah, yeah. Well, I was looking at the news. Legacy of Kane. It's not clarified as to whether it's Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Or whether it's Legacy of Kane, the top-down isometric uh, vampire game. So, okay. Well, uh, I think I've probably played Jack and Daxter one, uh, maybe even a demo of it when he's come with an official PlayStation magazine. But I was playing that about a year it. ago on this show. I got about halfway, uh, yeah. and then newer games came out, and I kind of dropped it. But it's one I intend to go back to because it was. Uh, Fun game, controls were good, felt tight, you know, no complaints here. It was very much a collect-em up though, which I did get a little bit bored of. Which would be over play? halfway as well, because I think I got all the yeah. collectibles to that point, so I'd absolutely smashed uh-huh. it, you know, wide open. Uh, tell me more. Would you rather play Jack and Axe remake or a new Ratchet and Clank as your PS5 platformer launch game? Always a new game, surely. Even if it's not a new IP, I want something new. Using what a waste of the new SSD to just shove us out another remaster. I'd be disappointed. Although they're very much the remake, thing at the moment. Yeah, but if you look at like, uh, let's look at the Mafia One trailer we've seen, I'm Crash Bandicoot remakes. When they do them to such a high level, it is like a new game. Mm. Um, I know, but gameplay mechanics have come on so far. Like, yeah, Crash Bandicoot looks like a new game, but it's into the screen platforming and side-scrolling platforming. Uh, Yeah. No. Come on, give me something new, please. Okay, I I probably agree. I'd rather see something new. But anyway, we uh, that's the news. As a bonus, I'll take it. As like, look what we've been working on. No, that's last year's homework, just coloured in with crayon. I don't think so. Uh, well, that draws us to a close. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, Tom, how did the collected masses get in touch with us and let us know that the, the film, everyone knows that the film that's getting played in Fortnite is, is Blar and Christopher Nolan's now on the Reggie show and 
Phil's Amy's now got an avatar in Fortnite. You're both talking out your backsides. You don't know even what a game is. How dare you even host a podcast, you scum-sucking pig? Well, if they feel like giving us some abuse, they can uh, direct <laughs> messages on Instagram or Twitter. You can email us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Uh, and we also have a Discord uh, chat. Uh, which is linked through our Instagram account. Just follow the link tree and you can get onto our Discord. Uh, come and join some very like-minded people. A nice, friendly place to talk about video games and everything else in the world. So come and join us. Games, games, games. Absolutely. Well, we're um, we're going to be moving into the feature very shortly. Um, but yeah, just want to say now. a massive... Yeah, just before we start, I would just say a massive thank you uh obviously video game news and and stuff is a little slim on the ground uh at the minute obviously big announcements are coming over the next few months uh well also so this is we, possibly the 52 50 second show anniversary that never was that can now be two episodes late <laughs> so we thought we'd uh we'd do a little feature of the question and answer session um we were One a bit time worried only. that no, yeah, we're a bit worried no one would really sort of take it seriously, but you've really impressed us with your questions and actually taking the time to think about what you want to ask. And we're really privileged and honoured to to answer it's, these. It's uh, time to pull the veil back on the show. It is, yeah. And our yeah. lives, Tom. This is your life with me, Michael. What was his name? Michael Asphalt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Surprised you didn't call him Michael Aspirin. <laughs> if this was a Farmerton days, we would have just come up with yeah. a new character, wouldn't we? But we're yeah. in the realism era now, or so to, well, kind of. We're about to find Michael out. Michael Redbook or something like that. Yeah, we're about to find out how realistic the realism era actually is. Uh, so we yeah. asked the questions. Right, are we ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the first one. It's from Comic Picture 79, a.k.a. Adam the Artist. He does our art for us on the show. So if you want a T-shirt or whatever. Oh, wait, Tom. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot. Uh, while we're doing this feature, we normally do it at the beginning, but we'll do it now because I've just seen his name and it's reminded me. He sends me reminders when the month's up and I always forget. You need to pick a winner. I personally think uh, a man that's been contributing quite a lot to the questions page is C. Pliskin. Don't you? Yeah, he's had some great, um, sorry, great comments. He's, uh, so he's congratulations, Skin. You've won yourself a T-shirt or a print of your choice. It doesn't have to be unofficial controller. Literally anything on Adam's page, I think, is within bounds. So uh, get in touch with Comic Picture Seventy Nine, C. Pliskin. Congratulations! Don't get too disheartened, uh, well all the listeners, because it's a monthly prize for best comment. So keep the content high. Keep it coming. Uh, anyway, so he's on Etsy, forward slash comic pictures, no space. And he's asking this question, Tom. I'm wondering, aside from gaming, how you're filling your time just now? I know you work remotely, but are there any books, TV shows, or movies that have grabbed your attention? I know Tom's been baking. And to be honest, I want him to send me a loaf. Heart-filled <laughs> eyes emoji. If only it would stay fresh in the post. Um, I, I have been thinking of something I could send him a picture so he can print it. How I do it, <laughs> and then he can eat that paper. I love it. Tastes the same. I reckon cookies would last long enough in the journey up to uh, 
up to Scotland. Um, not those cookies you're having in. Well, we're taking the veil off. Not those sorts of cookies, Tom. Okay. Uh, do you want me to answer first? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I'm I'm back to work, which I'll discuss what I do because that's uh, one of the other questions we've got further down the line. But I'm back to work. Uh, it's quite strange out there. Uh, the roads are quieter. Uh, for for what I do, it makes some of my work a little bit easier. Uh, as for what I've been doing with spare time, uh, me and my wife have got a little boy, so we're very like flat out with him a lot of the time. And obviously, we we don't have our support network here. We can just sort of have babysitters or just help with just general stuff in life which is a shame so uh, she does really well looking after him like 24-7 I tend to take over on the weekends uh, other than that we try and find time to watch uh, some movies TV series been watching Ricky Gervais' Afterlife it's quite nice funny and sort of sweet uh, I watched a documentary on The Undertaker called The Last Ride uh, which was, if you're a fan of uh, that era of wrestling, it's really interesting. It's actually about his sort of last sort of five years that he's done and how he's struggling physically. And it's a really good in-depth look at how, even though it's deemed as fake, uh, they put their bodies through a hell of a lot of punishment for people's entertainment. So if, you, if you're interested in that, it's well worth seeking out. It's on WWE Network, but I struggled to find anywhere to stream that. Um, or, or to purchase it uh, so I watched it on YouTube uh, what else books I've been reading a few workbooks uh, like woodland management stuff like that not very interesting to uh, to anyone else but it's uh, improving knowledge for, for work playing obviously video games baking yeah that's taken up a bit of time just doing odd jobs around the house uh, home improvements, building things. Yeah, just been uh, quite a nice time on furlough, I must admit. Quite lucky uh, to be sort of spend that time with my little boy and just, yeah, catching up on life. And for those weeks that I was off, it was nice to slow down a bit in life. That's about me on that, yeah. Okay, well, pick them off one at a time. Books? I've not been reading any books. Unless Mean Machine Sega magazine from the <laughs> mid-90s count. Or which, uh, Minecraft Journal, maybe. Uh, I've had a quick look in the mic. I've got quite a few Minecraft books. Sometimes I need to just research because, as I've said before, it's a terribly difficult game. I've been doing the stream, uh, talking to Minecraft. That's a couple of hours a night. TV shows, I don't know. TV shows have just died to me. There used to be a way in a, a routine I had for watching TV shows, but... It's not presenting itself to me anymore. Uh, movies. I normally uh, put a movie on to go to sleep with these days. Uh, I don't watch more than the first 10 minutes and I put the TV on to timer mode. Very 80s thing to do. Um, but I haven't really watched anything that stand out. I'll blast through the Marvel films. I'll stick a Star Wars on. I've got an obsession with the movie Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Uh, talking of that, I've been uh, cleaning up and getting out my old VHSs. Some have gone missing over the years and um, managed to get a job lot, very local, very cheap on eBay. I've talked about them before. Um, 
on a previous episode and I've been cataloging those. I've been getting my retro games out, which were in storage. Um, I just been, to be honest, I've just been playing a lot of video game. I have to admit for a video game host podcast host, it's a, practically a crime to play a video game. Yes. That's ultimately what's moved to fill some of the voids that have appeared in my life. Got a lot of time for that. Other than mm-hmm. that, I've been spending time with the kids. Uh, not as much as I would like, but uh, other than that, working from home seems to take up quite a lot of the time. Seems to be a lot of conference calls for, for whatever reason, just to make sure we're awake. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you... Um- I was going to ask you this question because obviously you're someone I know who works from home at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're doing a question within a question, but we'll quickly just, I just wanted your idea on this. It's like when people start going back to normal, going back to work yeah. with, with like climate change being a big deal and pollution and stuff, do you feel like, because, uh, because of, the majority of pollution, I believe, comes from travel, air travel, and and uh, cars and motor vehicles. Do you think like you could cope with just going into the office a couple of times a week and doing everything else from home? Because you, you, in theory, you you can massively. I've uh, like listen. I uh, the industry that I'm in, they're kind of there's an expectation you need to get in your car. Working means getting in your car, driving yeah. a certain distance, mm-hmm. and sitting and talking to someone. Okay, yeah. Well, that started to take place over the over the internet, and thank yeah. goodness because it was a completely pointless exercise just to make it make it was busy work, and because yeah. maybe for the last 30, 40 years, that's how maybe this had gone down. That's how we had to do it. We had to pay. We've got to pay mm-hmm. our dues. Get in your car and yeah. sort your guts out. Yeah. Um, if you get back before a certain time, you're a weakling. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was a little bit weird. Um, uh, I think that, uh, I think ultimately, it's going a little bit off topic here, but I know there's older cars on the road, but the majority of cars are within about 10 years old. I would say the bulk of cars on the road are 10 to 15 years old. They're actually very clean. I think a lot of the pollution is coming from different sources, but no one likes to stare the horse in the mouth when they're jetting off on a plane to Spain for their holiday. They don't want to let that yeah. go, do they? You're up in the straps no. pouring jet fumes out. The jet engine's not very efficient at all. No. Um, I think there's lots to look at, isn't there? Um, and no one should be have the ability to travel taken away from them because years and years ago it was only available to the, the very, very wealthy. And it's nice that everyone can go, I'm going on holiday next week. And really well, what, I, what I'm looking forward to is the fact that there's uh, my old man once came out with a, someone said to him, oh, where are you going on holiday this year then? Uh, going abroad. And he, he, he turned around and he went, there's no point going abroad when there's absolutely hundreds of different places in this country I've never seen myself. It's like, yeah, yeah you don't know your yeah. own backyard, yet you're jetting off to sound like some sort of a, an ego. Just, oh, I've done a gap year in Mali. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, you, you don't know where Bournemouth is, or so to speak. You don't yeah. know where Bognor Regis is, and you, you've not seen the Peak District. And 
yeah, there's a there's an interesting generation out there that have seen more of other countries than they've seen of their own. And mm. I think there's some places of real natural beauty in every country that we live that our listeners live in and in the UK and America that you don't have to travel that far to find somewhere that will set your jaw on the floor. On yeah. lockdown, I've been, you know, doing some running and walking and biking and you can't go as far. And I've stumbled across new routes and locations I didn't even know were there. And I've grown up in this area. So incredible. Yeah. No, definitely. We digress. We better move on to the next question. Yeah. Uh, but thanks, Comic Pictures. Uh, your input's always greatly appreciated. I'll take the next one if you want. Yeah. Uh, Road to Thinamy's been in touch. He says, what was the first gaming console or PC that you had? Uh, fire emoji. No, there's another emoji you missed out. Thumbs up and then two fire emojis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think I've talked about this on air, but we'll talk about it again. Uh, my first, it depends if this counts. My first ever gaming machine I had my hands on was a Pong clone. And you had uh, indentations on the front of it that you put marbles in, silver marbles to keep score because it was so much a basic Pong clone, it couldn't even put the score up on the screen. So if you... <laughs> Got the ball past your opponent. You move. You moved your, this little silver marble along to register as one point. Um, I mean, we've seen. I also had. Um, I think this came after, but my first personal computer, I suppose, was a Commodore VIC twenty. I got. My parents were determined to try and make me a, a programmer, but that obviously didn't work out. Uh, so a VIC twenty. I also had a little grandstand Firefox game that my uncle loaned to me, probably much at his disgrace, and uh, I ended up keeping. That was uh, like a little Star Wars clone. Um, I've still got one now, actually. I haven't got the original. It might be at my mum and dad's. But uh, not so long ago, a, a friend of mine who collects toys and games brought it round and was like, do you want this? It was boxed. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah i want that um and it's it's very basic it's an lcd screen if we're talking my first ever proper console and again we've talked about this recently um after the vic 20 came an atari st which i still have a lot of affection for that machine i suppose that's the one that had its biggest effect on me and what followed after that was a super nintendo i suppose you could class that as my Technically, my first console. Very good. Mm. What about um, you? Questions on you? Again, I think we've probably talked about this in one episode or another. Um, I, From really hazy memory, I remember opening a box of cassettes and thinking, oh, I've got some music cassettes, and then realised they weren't. They were for... I really can't... I'm struggling to remember. I think you've helped me out. It's probably a ZX Spectrum, maybe. Maybe. Um, it was it was cassette based anyway uh but my first console was the mega drive um i got that one christmas with golden axe and sonic one loved it uh and made me a massive fan of, of sega so yeah that's uh that was my first console. great question Stephen. thank you talking yeah, thank of you. uh the young book he's finally scared all the old bulls back up to the top field tom he's come snorting down with fire and brimstone coming out of his ringed nostril um the young book c pliskin recent winner of this month's prize so get in touch with comic pictures and or me on instagram or 
See, Pliskin, are you in the Discord? Because if you're not, you need to be. He says, um, what helped you to start making the show? And how did you convince each other to work regularly on a generally unproven idea? I'm busy on a near two-year-old project and looking for some help pulling in my, pulling my idea through. Oh, crikey, this, is, this could get deep, Tom. It's a great question. I, I, As I, always, I, I, he asks the best questions to see Pliskin, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I, I, I read, uh, read the question uh, you, when it was posted and sort of got me thinking, but do you want to kick start? off? Uh, yeah. Because it, well, it was kind of your, your idea, so I think you should we'll go, probably... We'll go full deep. Last year, I, uh, oof, I had a bit of a dark patch in my life and uh, I had to take some time out to generally reassess my life and everything like that. Work were fabulous about it ultimately. And we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, yeah, I'd had some things going on in my life, which we won't labor on uh, too much uh, that had finally caught up with me. And during this sabbatical, I thought about maybe indulging one of our passions. Me and Tom often call each other on the phone and took phone, phone, they call each other on the phone and talk about video games and we've often threatened that you know that's practically a podcast what we do what you've been playing end up going deep on an idea that one of us comes up with and then to ask each other what we're hoping to play and that that's really how that happened my ability to get tom to commit to an improving idea lie to him about the audience figures tell him that stick with me rodney next week will be a millionaire (laughs) Kind of you scenario. literally are the devil boy to my Rodney, <laughs> aren't you? I uh, couldn't do it without you. I like to think that it's the chemistry yeah. now that they're into. Uh, pulling the veil down. I generally enjoy talking to you. Uh, yeah. On a basis too. about video games. And even if at one point in time it was not recorded, I'd imagine we'd still call each other on a weekly basis and talk about video games. So heck, if yeah. people want to, if people still want to hear it, I'll click, I'll still click record. Um, you're busy on a two-year-old project and looking for some help pulling my idea through. Just, you, you've, sometimes what I would say is you can prepare. Is, I've said this on the stream not so long ago. If you're saving up to have kids, you'll never have kids because you'll never have enough. Sometimes if you want to do something, you just got to throw yourself in, boots first, learn as you go, get in on the ground, solve the problems as they come up instead of writing a spreadsheet about what problems might be. Oh, well, what if this happens? Well, what if it does? It'd be a good problem to ask when it's going. You are um, definitely the, you're definitely the soups, aren't you, to buy Batman? I do the prep time. I want to do everything. Like, I've got to prep that. I've got to do the strike. You're like, I've got to go do that now. And you yeah. get it done. So pony up, get some mics bought, get a producer on the phone, the whole bag of tricks. Um... Yeah, well, I think that's that's it, really. I mean, I don't know. Tom, can you add any more to that? Whatever it is you're um, doing, see Pliskin, have faith and double down. If you put two years in, yeah. you're parakeet. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> two years, yeah. two years in. He needs to get that. He needs to get some wheels on that and push it down the hill. Uh, I'm excited to know yes. what it is Steve Pliskin you've always supported the show so we'd love to support you in what you're doing yeah we've got a great bunch of people who, uh, who will help each other out and uh, we're really grateful to them and I hope they're the same with us to that end about promoting things they hang out in the discord 
there's a section there to promote sh- called shameless self-promotion where we implore people to go and put their stuff up don't we so uh please get on there um but going back to the uh, the original question uh it's uh you've always taught me into stuff like the true Dale boy that you are um <laughs> and i think uh i just obviously the time in the life you were going through i wanted to i've always read that having a sort of positive project to focus on can see through a lot and i completely agree with that i think um it's it's hopefully given us both some focus in life it's probably helped me with how i talk and deal with people at work in a you've come through you're in an industry that's very much like face-to-face talking to people and and uh, you you show you've got fantastic communication skills and um the way you talk you can see that in the stream how natural you are with that uh so i feel like it's actually helped me in that aspect of my life um it's nice to hear listener feedback sometimes from the earlier episodes as well where they sort of say oh well Tom's talking a bit more now, whereas I was a little bit mute to start with. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed, didn't it? Like we got talking and we did a few rough cuts and episodes and we started with a Farmerton thing and that was series one. And we're like, I love coming up with the ideas. That's why I enjoy and like writing stuff down. And I think, yeah, we cover all the bases between us quite well. And when one feels tired, the other pulls the other one up. So if the plastic surgery allowed, I would be crying tears, but I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'm almost ready to have a ball, but we'll we'll move on. We'd better Um, move on before it all gets a bit, this is your life, aren't we? I'll uh, I'll take the next one. I call him God because he's got more platinums than you can possibly even imagine. He's Chronicles of a Gamer. We know him quite dearly now as Bobby. Can you fly, Bobby boy? He says, uh, what do you guys do for a living? What, if any game, gets you emotional when you play it? doesn't have to be based on story. could be from childhood. Do you have any, do you have any regrets? Three questions. Only God can come in and sneak three questions under the radar, friend, can't he? So uh, yeah. first one, what do you guys do for a living? Tom? Uh, as a few of you know, uh, I'm a forestry and arborist uh, contractor uh, or work for a firm um yeah i work with a really good bunch of lads and we we have a laugh but we crack on and, and sort of have a fairly good reputation i'd like to think uh i'm a manager there and been there for 10 years or so it's tough sometimes the weather's really hard uh in winter Summer is summer as well, occasionally, uh, especially with like the hot days of the year. But yeah, I, I do enjoy it. it. Gets me out and about. Uh, I work in the countryside a lot, obviously, um, cutting down trees. I do plant them as well, so don't hate on me too much. I've probably reduced my carbon footprint a million times over. Um, but yeah, like the Mister Beast. Have you planted a million trees? Have you? Uh, not quite that many. Probably about <laughs> probably about hundred thousand overall. I'd say top of my head. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy it. I'll probably keep doing it for a while yet. Unless unless you can offer me the bigger books, George, with the podcast, but we'll Well, you know what the same field of dreams, Tom build it and they will come. So They do. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm gonna keep persevering with that. Hopefully one day maybe go into instructing uh chainsaw work and 
berries, stuff like that. That'd be nice. A little bit more hands off because uh, I've had quite a bad back injury, uh, fractured my back and uh, I have a herniated disc, which sometimes causes me a little bit of discomfort. Uh, and yeah, that's what I do for a living. Um, do you want me to answer the second ones and then the no, third well, and then let's, you do your three? both answer. Okay. Yeah, and that's we'll good. do each yeah. bit at a time. So what Sounds do I good. do for a living? I work for... If you really want to know the full ins and outs, Bobby, personal message me on the Discord, but I, I can't really leave it out out on here. But uh, I work for a, a major European vehicle manuf- well, global vehicle manufacturer, um, looking after the corporate sales, so large mega fleets here and in Europe, and vice versa. If they've got uh, like a a business in Europe and they've got a satellite company in the UK. I deal with those, their vehicle needs and wishes and in life and all sorts of probably quite boring stuff, Bobby, if I'm honest with you, but uh, it's good. They've been very good to me um, through fair means or foul. I've kind of been in with, with them and representing the brand for quite a long time now. So yeah, yeah. can't, can't argue been very kind to me like I say they're supporting me with my sabbatical uh, and that was very kind of them so uh, yeah and that got the show up and running so without them there would be no this and therefore there would be no us so I think uh, yeah I think we in a, in the, the ideal world we'd love to do this full time but um, like I say you got to have dreams and, and we'll keep persevering and see how we get on let me ask you, if you're listening to this, have you told a friend? Have you shared it all over your Facebook, your Instagram? Help two lonely losers with bad facial hair achieve their <laughs> lifelong dream. Uh, we keep bashing the content out week in, week out. If nothing else, if it raises a smile in a small subsect of the world somewhere, I'd like to think we're doing a good job. Yeah, me too. Uh, his next um, part of his question... What, if any, game gets you emotional when you play it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes if I hear the Ocarina of Time intro, uh, those of you who played it will know. That just makes me mega nostalgic. Um, Emotional-wise, I'd probably say Red Dead Redemption 2 is the, yeah, the most that's emotional. What I would say uh, as well. Yeah, I think the, the graphics and story writing have got to that level now where they work so well together. Um, Last of Us 1 has some sort of pretty strong story, uh, emotional beats there. Yeah, it doesn't, I'm just trying to think you, it doesn't make you want to ball your eyes out there. It certainly doesn't me. No, I know like when Arthur Morgan gets like diagnosed with, with TB, you're like, Oof, that's, that's brutal. Yeah. He's starting to realise like he's actually like a really interesting character. Yeah. yeah. I think we, RDR2, it, it's got, I mean, yeah, we've taught the wheels off of that game, <laughs> but uh, that's that would get me emotional. Uh, I suppose I was quite sort of touched at the end of the, of the, end of the game. Um, I think your dog getting shot in Fable 2. Yeah, that was quite, that was quite. We both get got sort of emotional about that. There's been times yeah. in Minecraft, I have to admit, where I've uh, 
you craft this story and you put this effort into keeping something alive. It's quite hard to keep yourself alive as the viewers of the stream. Many of them listen to the show. know it's uh, it ain't easy and keeping not only yourself alive, but a pixelated pooch at the same time is pretty tough, especially when you get a habit of getting in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I other think than that, the... I was going to say there's another, there's another game. There's another couple of games that have got a bit of a unique tie in for me. F19 Stealth Fighter that I used to play with my dad and Microprose F1 Grand Prix I used to play with my dad. They 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 would get me quite emotional, I was I suppose. Um you know, playing through Red Dead Redemption with my dad was a was a great moment. Um he watches the streams but he doesn't listen to this podcast, so he just doesn't know how much he means to me, does he? I've told him. Oh, yeah. That's in the living sure. years, that's a great song. If no one's ever heard oh. it, you ought to check it out. Yeah. You ought to take the time. Um, I can't listen to it. I can't. Can't you? Yeah, it's too tall. Oh, crikey. And my dad's still around, so, yeah, that's definitely one I avoid. It's, it's a great song, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think there's probably loads more that I could think of, but would require, like, me looking back through what I've played over the years. Um, playing stuff with you and my brother in, like, co-op has always been fun, especially, like, local. Um, yeah. If you're talking different emotions, like I have a right laugh if uh, sort of I friends around and we play Super Smash Bros on the Switch, it's just a, a great laugh and just yeah, good memories. And always want to. I, I always hope catch co-ops a thing with friends uh, and family um, that you enjoy spending time with. It's a it's a good way of bonding. But like we're good examples of that. Uh, so don't go too hard on your kids if they're playing video games a bit. Just make sure it's. Not all the time, because mm. it's uh, it's a good way of bonding. Uh, next part of his question: Do you have any regrets? Oof, I don't know. I, I'm sure everyone has little ones, but no, I'm mega. I I don't know whether many people can say so. I'm really content with what I have. I uh, think, I'm I'm uh, more content I, now. There was a time where I did have a lot of regrets and some dark times in my life and I do look back and think I often look back and think you could have done that better but you know in recent years I've I've decided there's nothing you can do about that there's nothing you can do about it so you can't beat yourself up every day that's no existence is it so uh, regrets sometimes uh, in the past I probably would have could I have committed harder to stuff work life other stuff like yeah of course I could but you know, I've always been of the mindset until recently, you know, 100% effort is you literally bleeding from every pore, having poured absolutely everything into everything that you can do. And I don't think anybody can turn around and say, oh, I gave that 100% effort. I literally nearly killed myself to achieve it. And yeah. So when I look back at parts of my life uh, quite judgmentally, it's like we could have tried harder there. And it's like, oh, I had to have someone sit me down and be like, George, that's not a healthy way to look at stuff, mate. No, like, it's all the, all the learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and at the time, we all wake up and we feel a bit lazy and we're trying to get away with doing the least that we can or putting the least effort in we can. But you know, if you don't want to live with regrets, I suppose you've got to work and work or love and live like you're bleeding out of every pore of your body, but it's not sustainable. 
and it needs to be reciprocated as well. So uh, regrets, I've had a few. <laughs> and now I face my final curtain. Uh, no, no more regrets. For me. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, easy to uh, understand why. So we haven't heard on from in a while, Tom. Bite my pixel. Evening, chap. Sorry I've been a bit quiet. His question is, would you do an episode on older gamers? Yeah, this got me thinking. Uh, so thanks for the idea, which mate. Oh, he says oh he's only God. asking because he's an old fart laughing till he cries emoji X4. Yeah, I think um, this got me thinking of a, a feature. Little things throughout my day or whatever, or comments like that can sort of snowball and uh, and get my brain. We have a we are doing behind the scenes, so we have a little. Um, WhatsApp group, don't we, where we just chuck in all our ideas, like literally random words sometimes of like, that's, we could build something around that. So uh, on the subject of older gamers, I think it'd be nice to do um, the way older gamers view video games industry and how uh, younger ones do as well and the comparisons. So I mm. think, yeah, there's something there. Um, I'd be interested in that because obviously we're of the age or I'm of the age where video games barely really even kind of existed in anything that you would even term a video game now. I remember going to my dad's work as a child and there was a whole room dedicated to uh, like a mainframe to keep these things working and the computers were basically just uh, Excel spreadsheets that would tell you where different vehicle parts were located. But hidden in that was a, a mini game that was only really developed to help you learn how to use the keyboard because people oh, wow. were so alien to it. Yeah, I think yeah. you were moving a like a guy it was very basic he loaded it up for me once and you could move a guy around and he sort of collected things falling out the sky um but i'd imagine if you saw it now you'd be like what even is that you know is, is that a game like yeah kind of um so i've seen i feel quite lucky that i've grown and had a device that's allowed me to go through every single generation of computer games to the one that we're at now and I've often been intrigued to wonder if I'd got on with video games as like PS2 or PS3 or PS4 even as my base level of like that's what a video game is um what would my opinion of video games be yes it's a great great point and I think that's something we could discuss on an episode about older gamers and and the way we've blown off the content yeah scratch that um, <laughs> yeah i mean i'll add uh that we sometimes probably we need to not judge on things like fortnite and um we look at fortnite how probably our parents would have looked at golden eye or, or something like that oh they're on that all the time they're addicted to it blah 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 and you've got to remember it's a social way of of people interacting like ours was different we weren't online so that's quite a massive thing we need to probably look at um in, if we did it as a feature but yeah i think as older gamers we maybe ought to be a little bit more observant about and, and patient and not too judgmental of the way it's going as long as it's always that core sort of story single player video game around i think well, I remember my old dad would come and 
he'd listen to some music that I had on and be like, that's not music boy. And I'll go and look at, I'll go and look at this, you know, a video game and I'll be like, that's not a video game, but then I'll sit down and I'll play for it. I'm like, that's actually all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's rubbish because it's not. And that's the reason why it's it's not, it's not built for our tastes. It it was never designed for people. Um, I I reckon it's got, it can have its grips. It can have it, it. It's it. It can get its grips into anyone with that one more. I'll have one more game ability. Yeah, Whether you're on voice it, chat in duos or not. It it kind of has got that. Oh, I was nearly there that time. I'd argue that with like um, Mario or like the the latest three D Mario. Obviously, they're thinking of like an, a certain age bracket. They probably yeah took a few nostalgic things in for mine but the core design is always going to try and be trying to appeal to a new generation because if you don't get the new generation the older one's only going to sort of be around for so long they've got to keep the ideas fresh uh, to, to target new consumers so that's um, that's my take on it why sometimes maybe as older gamers just seem a bit alienated by new ideas uh, but yeah it's about sitting down and maybe having a look at them and going, actually, yeah, like you said, that's quite good. Mm. So, yeah, thanks for the question. Next like question, do you want to take this one? It's Boba Loba. Yeah, uh, Boba Loba, thanks for the uh, question. What has been your most outrageous, stupid, stupid, regretful gaming purchase, <laughs> either self-confessed or judged by others? Ooh, I think we've both got some shame piles of tat somewhere. Mm. Um, oh, that's my. You're asking me. Outrageous, yeah, sorry. most stupid, you... regretful gaming purchase. Well, <sighs> outrageous. I think some of the most outrageous things I've done is trade in my. I've always been very respectful of my stuff, uh, clean it, look after it fastidiously. And uh, growing up, there was always that era of taking my full box mint SNES collection and trading it in for <laughs> a, a PS. I had a box mint complete Game Boy and a load of box mint games as well in the cardboard boxes, which you don't even really see then or now. And I traded all of that big pile in for a PS1 and Destruction Derby, uh, which was stupid and regretful, but I wouldn't have had the access to the next console if I hadn't done it. So as far as most outrageous, uh, I don't know. I mean, I got into the retro or rebought a lot of my old consoles or ones I always wanted when they were still car boot fodder. Um, regretful gaming purchase. I've bought a Jaguar twice. Uh, <laughs> possibly more. Uh, and hated it every single time. Uh, I first bought a Jaguar in between, like, um, I think I had a snares and wanted something more powerful. And I went into the shop and they had one for like 74 pounds and that should have been a warning in itself. And I got it in Cybermorph. And if anyone's seen the angry video game video of Cybermorph, you know what a terrible game it was. And I also managed to get hold of a copy of a game called Checkered Flag, which makes virtual racing on the Mega Drive look like a technical marvel, not only in gameplay, <laughs> but graphics as well. It was absolute dog poo. And then in about... 26 2014 i would say i saw a jag and it was in mint condition jag saw a jag jaguar atari jaguar saw a jag in mint condition on facebook for about 50 quid and i thought yeah i'll get that 
And I went and picked it up and brought it home and plugged it in because I always want to play the games I've got. I don't want to just box it and stash it away for the sake of it. I think that's a bit strange because they are games. And within about an hour of having this jag, I realized that I'd made that fateful mistake and <laughs> I'd repurchased a steaming pile of absolute job poop uh, and, and wished I hadn't. There's, I think there's been other games that I've probably bought, hyped, uh, and brought home and then realised they weren't quite what they're advertised to be. Uh, a friend, I was in the Navy, British, British Royal Navy, um, for a spell. And me and this lad um, had a game on there that we picked up in this Spanish um, gaming shop. Obviously, it was a European edition, so it had English speaking on it as well. You just selected it when you loaded it up and uh, the ship we're on had a couple of PCs. They weren't that powerful, but they were powerful enough for you to play games on, you know, to book time and go down there. So we would book time, we'd go to the little shop on board and we'd buy a chocolate bar. I used to get a booster, a star bar, and we'd take a cup of tea down there and play this game called Sea Dogs. Uh, and it was by, I think it was by Bethesda or Zenimax or someone. And it was a pirate game. Uh, it was better than Black Flag but it was uh, it was complete glitchy and broken uh, but we had so much fun with it it re- we really did uh, and then we on the this is this is all links but hear me out we also were in turkey and we there's obviously if anyone's ever been to turkey there's loads of like counterfeit goods and we found this uh we'd got into our little naval history and uh this game and we were like oh sea dogs is all right but we want something a bit better and we stumbled across this age of sale game at this uh, turkish market and i brought it back and it was just in a like a, a loose cd paper wallet and the disc had a label printed on it and i had it in my pocket uh climbing around a navy ship isn't exactly like a cruise ship it's not it's not that easy to move around and uh we'd we set sail again and we, we booked our time in the geek shack as it was called. And I, <laughs> I put this game in my back pocket and then climbed out of the hole that we lived in the sleeping area and without thinking, just plonked my ass down to swing the legs out. And I just heard this crack. And I was oh, like, no. tell me, <laughs> tell me that's not age of sail or whatever it is. And I pulled it out. It was, it was just, broken i mean knowing our look it was a blank cd anyway but the shame i carried around for breaking that was immense so we had to go back to sea dogs and this links to uh i don't know if it's outrageous stupid or regretful but sea dogs 2 was going to be coming out but they obviously couldn't get much traction for sea dogs 2 so the cedar somehow managed to get hold of the pirates of the caribbean license so on original xbox sea dogs 2 was actually called pirates of the caribbean Except when you played it, it was nothing like the film at all. It was just a continuation of Sea Dogs, and it was absolutely flipping terrible. Uh, other than that, uh, have I regretted any other console I've owned? No, I'm sure that regretful is probably the Jag. Stupid. I don't think I've got any really. Uh, some could say some of the tap that I've got stupid, like the Mega CD. But I, I, I love the Mega CD. I've only got one game for the 32X, which I'm looking to remedy, which is Star Wars Arcade. Uh, and I think that's a great game on there as well. It's full of nostalgia, but yeah. What do you reckon? 
I have a bit of a rep. Don't, can you hear me? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not muted my mic again. Yeah, no, you, you can. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Um, every time I slurp my drink, I want to make sure I'm on mute just to be polite. Mic etiquette, everyone. Wow. If you're online, if you're online gaming, you never slurp read down the mic. It's just not right. Okay. Anyway, um, I would. That's one of my regrets if I've done that in the past. So apologies to people of Battle for Middle Earth Two if I've troughed a. And you used to play that game half cut. I'm sure you've slurped all sorts of I stuff. Did. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. I'd get in absolutely hammered from a night out and be like, I'm going to play a game of Miller. I am a nerd. A definite nerd. Um, so yeah, I have a bit of a bad rep with uh, with George growing up. Like, I <sighs> I would I'd recommend and hype things to like a whole other level, especially video games, and then convince him, knowing full well he probably wouldn't enjoy it to buy it so he could mainly games that we could play together oh yeah he is a regret two regrets still doing it now like overwatch there's an example um Scum. i i uh yeah I, I do regret that sometimes I, i'll coax people into mainly george into into getting stuff and i'm like i hope they enjoy that because but by the time they've got it especially with you I'm passing them on to the next like thing I'm hyped about or, or wanting yeah, to well, do. Let me let me re go back and then say the Wii U. Yeah, that's one of my big regrets. It's one that you hyped me into, and I yeah. hated every single minute of owning one. And the 3DS. I think. Um, I think. Oh no, I, I like my 3DS. I don't. Oh, I thought that, it was the, terrible. The, the Wii U for it did have a, the odd few good games, but. Overall, I could acquire happily if you erase that from my gaming memory. I'd be like, "Did it? Don't miss it." Uh, it's a it's a good little machine, but it's just it won't for me, and it won't for us, was it? I think no. we're just I'd buy one now. I'd buy one now to replace the Wii the in co- the kids' room, but yeah, they've got a Switch now and other bits and bobs. I think I get it. Yeah. They can play all the Wii games on it that they've got. They can get some of the other games like Mario Kart Eight. You'll probably hate me, but I probably regretted buying the PSP and I traded it very shortly after getting it. Um, but I remember when I bought it, I got it at launch and there was not that much available for That's it. That's how I felt with the 3DS. Mm. Yeah. I, I bought it in a game I'd completed 14 years earlier. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that's about it for me. Uh, I probably bought like some proper random stuff. I bought the Donkey Kong Bongo game um, and I was kind of like, mm, that was fun for a few goes and then into the pile. I used to have quite a big game collection um, and went through a phase of collecting some retro stuff, but I could never decide on what I wanted to collect for. I think that's probably important. It's like try and focus on one console or what maybe one like company like Sega uh Nintendo, Sony, whatever. So, yeah, that's my answer for that. Uh, shall we take another one? Yeah. Uh, Fincy Next Gamer. Up. Oh, you, you read yeah. it out. Yeah. Give Sorry, Mo. Yeah, yeah, I've got it up on the screen. That's all. Uh, Fincy Gamer, what are, you, what are your go-to home... What are your go-to home ground versus games? By that, I mean, if, you, if someone challenged you and you got to pick the game, what are you most confident that you're competent at? That's 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 cool. I like that. 
What one player game can I challenge someone to? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'd probably say I'm fairly competent on, on Street Fighter. Uh, I can hold my own on that. Uh, first person shooters. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay at stuff. I, I've never professed to be an amazing gamer. and <laughs> You're doing the Pinocchio notes to me, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with Street Fighter. I'd like to think I, if I, will, I had to choose one. I, I can't pick a game to say because I... I get most of my enjoyment out of one-player games. I'll say Atari ST, uh, if you want to challenge me to a game of Microprose, Jeff Cramman's Microprose Grand Prix, I'll see you there. Uh, two-time world champion, as far as me and my dad are concerned. Driving aids off. Other than that, I've got a little story here where I, uh, one of my old workmates at one point in time, we used to collect games and talk about gaming and stuff. And he used to say to me at work, any game, any console, I can beat you. And we ended up at a mutual friend's house and another friend, another mutual friend was there and he said, any game, any console, Andy? And he was like, yeah, yeah, any game, any console. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the only game this lad had was, super, was like MotoGP on the original Xbox, which he got put in. And yeah. I was a bit nervous because I thought, oh, crikey, I don't really play MotoGP That was games. a phenomenal looking game, by the way. It was. I had that. And I thought, I don't really play motorbike games. I don't really know this guy's credential as a gamer. And he seems very confident with his any game, any console. And they talked about some of the games he had finished, like uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 and other things. And I was like, oof, crikey, you know, this guy's a bit of a, this guy's obviously a Mind game straight away. And I, uh, I absolutely owned him. And I, I barely stayed on the track. <laughs> So if that gives you an idea of the display <laughs> that I was I was witness to, uh, other than that, like I say, probably Jeff Cramer's Microprose Grand Prix of anything of the modern era. We've, um, what am I, I handy mean, at, Tom? No mercy. Thing is, I haven't played it for yeah, so we, long. We, I don't reckon. I used to play all those games: WCW versus NWO, Revenge, and then the whatever the sequel was. Uh, I mean, we've we've had some great rivalries over the years, haven't we? With with uh, us and. Uh, other family members of like the hour-long ladder match at Christmas and um, various uh, racing games, just trying to beat each other's time trials. And but yeah, a lot of the time we just used to sit and and wow, a new single-player game as one of us like showed it off to the other and recommended yeah, we go around and it. sit there for a tech demo. It's quite often when I turn the game yeah. on, I like look at it. You know, when a new game comes out, or a new console comes out, I'll just sit and look at it. I don't even want to press the buttons. I I did it with Red Dave. I would like I did it with GTA Four. Get in the train, wouldn't I? Get in the cab, sorry, and I would just look at the graphics. What are you telling me? You decided you can you're good at a game now. I. I got to a good level on Battle for Middle Earth to a point where I could like oh, play two two v ones. So, if they ever fire that up on the Xbox 360 again, if they put it on Games Pass, I'd probably buy an Xbox One Series X just to play that. Um, Phil Spencer, if, if you're if, listening, if, sorry, if it was, was, if, if if that's it was his name, compatible, it's probably not his name anymore, is it? If it was backwards compatible, I'd be there, and if they got the servers up and running again, I'd. I could school a lot of people on that. Okay. Let's move on. We're better. Uh, do you want to take the next one? 
because it's to do with you. I can't ask myself it, can I? George, do you feel guilty for blaming Doggy McWayne for the death of Scrappy-Doo, the crime he did not commit? Who's that question from, you amateur? Uh, that's from Toxis. Okay, Toxis. <laughs> no, I don't feel any guilt. <laughs> uh, my in-game Minecraft persona might feel some guilt. I do feel a little bit guilty, uh, but it was only watching it back that I realised I just clipped him. It must have been a pixel, by the way. It must have just been a half a pixel clip that started the domino-like effect that nogged Doggy McWayne into Scrappy-Doo. Um, sorry. It's another stake in the ground, I'm sure, before I finish the game, unless I keep them all trapped in a room to keep them safe, Toxis. Uh, there'll be quite a few more. <laughs> but I, I, I hope not, because I'm trying to keep everybody alive from this point forward, including myself. Zero death stream. Uh, no deaths. Um, yeah, there you go. Thank well, you for su- the support, Toxis. And if Tanto's yeah. listening, thank you, Tanto. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, we'll take, uh, moving on, got another one from long-time listener, Doogie McBain. Well, hang on a minute. What's it like working with me, Tom, the killer of Doggy McWayne? How do you feel about that? Um, well, you're There's a, a lot of Doggy McWayne noise, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. You've, you, you're just, I don't expect anything less. Oh, Brutal. really? I'm the nice guy of the show. <laughs> you are. Yeah, so imagine how bad I am. There you go. Doogie <laughs> McBain. Who is your favourite game designer? The two that springs to my mind are Yu Suzuki and Hideo Kojima. John, need to go first? No, I'll I'll, I'll answer that. I mean, I okay. would agree with you. I mean, Yu Suzuki, Hideo Kojima. I'll throw in uh, Shigeru Miyamoto as well. I think we've we've all had yeah we, the last game that touched me by any one of those was Hideo Kojima with Death Stranding. I mean, it's been a while since Yu Suzuki touched me. Uh, Shemi 3, I need to go back and grind through that and I will uh, and get it finished. But, you know, that hasn't touched me. The last game that um, Shigeru Miyamoto was involved in that touched me was <sighs> Ocarina, which is now getting to be a 20-year-old game. So uh, Hideo Kojima seems to have a higher hit rate as far as that's concerned. Um I'd also like to throw a shout out to um, a game that I really got into uh, when it launched on original Xbox was uh, Bethesda's um, uh, Morrowind. I thought that was great. It's probably my favorite Elder Scrolls out of all of them. And, and to that effect, you know, I'd quite loosely throw Todd Howard. I know there's a lot of other people involved, but um, I think when Fallout first launched as well, Fallout 3, that had a significant impact on me as well. That was a, an incredible game and a heart back to how I felt it, more to the Morrowind style. I certainly enjoyed it more. Um, other than that, you know, I, there aren't really any standouts for me. Um, like I say, I think Hideo Kojima's legacy is probably slightly cleaner um, as regards to more adult content Although Yu Suzuki, he's made some absolutely belting games, uh, original 80s games, you know, Outrun and all those classics that we we all grew up with. And then, 
in some people's eyes and probably mine as well at the time, you know, a real crowning jewel. It's a bit of a Marmite game, but Shenmue. If you could take a time machine back to 1999 or 2000 uh, and said to me, you know, what's the best game? My answer would be Shenmue. Absolutely no question of a doubt. Uh, it had an effect on me then and it had an effect on me for a long time. For many years, I would have always said, oh, that's my favourite game. It's unbelievable. You, you know, you can't beat that for the emotional journey that you've been on. Um it's a bit wooden now, admittedly, but yeah. So it's this. I think those three names they need to be at the forefront of everybody's mind as far as game design is concerned. Uh, they're the ones that have had the most lasting impacts. A bit mainstream, but oh, we've talked about some of the great series on this show. It's a great question, to be fair, Doug. It's got me thinking. You know, to go dig out some of these games and see if. No, we'll stick with that. On you go, Tom. Your turn. Uh, I think for me, um, Hideki Kamiya uh, from uh, he's now at Platinum Games as director there, um, and he he's done uh, Devil May Cry. Um, he worked on Resident Evil, uh, Bayonetta. Yeah, very action heavy orientated uh, video game developer. I think he's my stuff's really impressive and just strikes a chord with me. I suppose like some. It's like any artist, musician, filmmaker. Sometimes I think just, we ought to work is, we ought to slip an aside in there for the uh, the rock star boys as well. Yeah, it's it's hard saying one developer. I was thinking about this question when I read it, and I was like, it's it's such a team effort, a video game. A lot of the time, uh, there are solo projects out there. So respect to a lot of people who have made them on their own. Um, yeah. Capcom, massive fan, um, Rockstar, Ubisoft to some extent. Um, some of the uh, id Software. Uh, I, another developer from, obviously, I'm a massive Nintendo fan, is um, E.G. Anuma, uh, Zelda series, massively influential on that. Uh, I think he's working with a younger team now and, and letting them take the reins a little bit, which I think's helped a lot. I think he, towards the end of uh, Skyward Sword, you can see the difference between that and Breath of the Wild, how much things have changed and how many fresh ideas are coming in. But he's also there amongst that, sort of keeping them on the right course, uh, that great mixture of tradition and um, and new ideas. So, yeah, a uh, big fan of his. And he seems like a nice guy. Uh, when you see him interviewed, uh, obviously it's always translated, but he's very smart in classic sort of Japanese um, enthusiasm for uh, for the industry they work in. But yeah, that's it for me on that one. Eslo and Midner, then. How do you manage to find time to play video games and produce a great podcast? The fact that it's a weekly podcast is incredible. So thank you, guys. I feel lucky if I get an hour in the evening to play games after everyone has gone to bed. Uh, and as a, he has a, a supplement question there, a cheeky follow-up question. Who do you miss most from the Farmerton law? Let's get the Farmerton one out of the way because uh, that, that made me chuckle, actually, when I read it. Uh, Herr Crowther, I think we could have done loads with him. 
all these characters, uh, some of them are in, influenced by people we grew up with, um, which sound, makes that uh, childhood sound very bizarre if you think about it. But uh, <laughs> I, do, I do miss Farmerton, and uh, I'm sure one day we might take a bus ride there again from the studio, but who knows? Uh, and the fact that people got into the characters a little bit really like meant a lot. It's you in your head, you're thinking this is a silly creation, bit of fun. But when like you start thinking, and and George tends to say, I get carried away with the law, and I do. I, I, I love like that sort of creative side of it. And it was great that it was it was real, well received. But yeah, probably hair crowd. But I miss all. Well, like we say. If they if they if they play the cards right, the Christmas special we might wheel out one or two of them. I think I think a, a bus trip to Farmington would be quite quite fun uh, for the Christmas special. But yeah, we we wanted to just move away from that a little bit and keep things fresh. Uh, so, but but we do miss it. Yeah, I think it would. I think as a shame as it is, I know a lot of people here because they're in the unglorious bar stewards, but that's never going away. That's the, the hardcore fan community that find themselves on Discord. If you're there, yeah. you can call yourself bar stewards as far as I'm concerned. There's an inner, inner circle, but uh, you know, uh, you'll get pulled into it eventually, I'm sure. But you know, get on the Discord. Uh, and I'm sure there were some sad eyes when Farmerton went, but it would have ended up being a pastiche of a pastiche, and it was starting to be... <laughs> a crutch for us, wasn't it? Where yeah, we could wheel out a weak a, segment and, and bolt some Farmerton law at the beginning and the end of it. And we thought the, we'd the, done a good job and we probably hadn't. Because, well, I think the, because we are going behind the scenes and we'll, we'll be very clear on, like, I think the main reason was it would probably alienate a lot of new listeners and we were picking them up. And I think it's hard for people to go back over that many episodes and think, oh, I want to learn about this, but there's so much of it. And I think the way we were talking about it so casually, like people tuning in for the first time, like, what are they talking about? So it's sometimes good to have a, a clean slate and, and start afresh, but it's always there. It's, it's always there for everyone. And, if people do want to catch up, then by all means do so. Um, it's a it's harmless bit of fun, really. Um, but we're glad it was, like I say, really. Who well do seen. I miss most from the Farmerton Law? I I miss I miss the face mask unzip combination, the tag team combo of PCSO Ross Kemp <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Retro Gamer Thomas. I know Can't he messages on. in and he's going to be in here, but. He's he's very much lost a lot of his uh, menace since uh, being unzipped from the boiler suit and having his face mask yeah. clamped. And I like the idea of him living in a back bedroom, nibbling on consoles as well, which I think came from one of my sort of bizarre mind ambles one episode. And the fact that PCS Ross Kemp is a PCSO always tickled me. <laughs> Oh mate, yeah, that's that's pretty fun. Uh, listen, if we ever do, if we ever get big enough to do a live show where there's bands, and it'll have to be, it'll have to be um, cover bands. So a fake take that, oh, yeah. and a fake Oasis, yeah. and a fake Blur and Beatles or wherever we can afford. You buy a ticket, you come and camp for the weekend, and we're we're the head. Lionel line. Rich T. Yeah, Lionel Rich T. Uh, and, and we'll do an hour or two hour show just as it normally is uh, and maybe we can lean quite heavily on the Farmerton Law uh, the Farmerton Peace Fields as you would call it where we could have a 
a festival. We've got to get to that size, haven't we? I don't want to sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that next year. Like that's that's like ten years. It was still, yeah, there was there was still a lot of. content there we could have done and it was fun like i really enjoyed the courtroom battle um the art gallery look around with uh neil buchanan yeah the stuff like that was was uh really fun and stuff to write so it's made the features harder but we want to bring you sort of like really fact uh fact driven and, and research well uh, because featured. yeah as i alluded to we, we we could sometimes get a bit lazy and he talks about how we produce a weekly podcast and it was very easy to write a paragraph of law, bolt a couple of facts in between and then bolt another, you know, and we're both guilty of it, bolt yeah. another yeah. paragraph of law on the back of it and then we're in Stingray and it's, you know, sometimes we probably came through the show thinking, oh, we got away with that and uh, <laughs> we don't like to be disrespectful of your time listeners and we're we're uber grateful for the fact that you tune in on a weekly basis so... You know, yeah. as Eslo says, how do you manage to do a weekly podcast? Well, more more so to the fact, Tesla, thank you for tuning in on a weekly basis because we're our harshest critic and sometimes we probably come away from the mic feeling, oh, crikey. Uh, but we're here I by think, the grace uh, of God, aren't we? Yeah. I think sometimes we've had audio issue, issues as well, which couldn't be helped or, or we're just not picked up on in the thing. It's all a learning curve. Um it does get really difficult sometimes to do the podcast. We'll both admit to that. Like we both have very busy jobs, busy home lives. Um, but you'll often find if, if you don't do something, you never, like you alluded to earlier, George, if you don't do it, you'll never do it. Um, yeah. So we, we just, we just have to persevere sometimes like this, this week I'll, I'll shamefully admit, I was like, can we just have a bank holiday off? Um, no, you, you see, no was the simple answer to that, it, uh, and and you steered <laughs> me into the idea of the the Q and A, which I actually thought was really good. Um, and it, yeah, I, I struggle sometimes, especially with um, with the little one. Uh, I, I need to sort of put some time in and, and help the wife out, obviously. Uh, so it, it gets hard to write stuff. And you have pulled up a lot of the slack recently, which I appreciate. Oof. Um, we pull you when I'm slacking yeah. you pull up and when you're slacking I pull up so yeah hopefully so I've done well uh, uh, yeah. what does he say the fact it's a weekly podcast is incredible I feel like you get an hour to play games mm, I kind of I, I feel the same sometimes it's hard I maybe sound like I'm just playing the same games over and over but by the time I've done sort of cup tea and, and, and help get the little one down and maybe if, it, if I had had time done some news for the show or help write the feature you're kind of like oh I've got an hour to play some video games but yeah we, we try and all of us in life don't we we try and find time for our hobbies and I think it's important to do so uh, I yeah. think if you don't I, I think if you don't have any I hate to, it sounds well cheesy like some me time where you, you focus on your hobby and something you do everyone needs to do that because otherwise it will your life will get on top of you that's the, that's the only bit of advice I'll give from a, a very short-lived life so far is that I have probably been greedy sometimes. Gone, no, I'm not doing that. I want to. I want to play a video game or I want to watch a movie. And but if you don't do that, I think it will get on top of you if you push yourself too hard. 
Mm, okay. There's uh, one from Mark Garage Gamers. He says, Hiya, meant to send a question for the podcast, but I only just remembered. I hope it's not too late. No, it's not. My question is, you can only own one console, an entire game catalogue for the rest of your days. What do you choose and why? Keep safe friends. This is a really hard question because a lot of the time I feel nostalgic about a certain console I had. And, and I know the answer to mine life. straight away if you want time. Um. No, I'm just going to probably say the GameCube or the Xbox 360. I think if I had to choose, I'd go 360 because it had the online capabilities. Uh, and I think the vast library of games. Which should be dead to had, you now. Yeah, they would. But if we're, if we're going like saying, right, there you go. Take away the fact of like anything coming in the future or, or whatever. Um I think if you take the current generation out of the equation, because I'd always go with the latest one. <laughs> I would. Right. I'm not. Well, they know that, I, don't I, they? They know. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I think a lot of the listeners agree as well. I'd go 360. Mine's mine's a toss up between. You've got to choose one. I chose. Well, one. I'm tossing up now, one. and I'll decide before okay. the end. Okay. Much like you with the 360. I've fallen in love with some of the PS3s. It was it was absolutely berated at launch, and it had a little bit of a a rough life, but they managed to turn it round in the end. Uh, some of the games I've enjoyed on there, like Yakuza and whatnot, and and some of the hidden gems I've found have been absolutely first class. Um, but the flip side of that coin, there's the Sega Dreamcast logo, and. I've always said this, there's something about the blue, the white writing or the logo on that blue. A great range of games, uh, everything covered, and to a good standard as well. The Dreamcast was one of those eras where the games still hold up to this day, like I said to you, mm-hmm. playing NBA 2K, and it looks still, like it's, they've not got sweat, but it looks totally passable. Like when yeah. I played the NBA on the PlayStation 1, it was a bunch of, bunch of badly arranged brown polygons uh, or triangles as the PlayStation 1 renders. But uh, by the time the Dreamcast rolled around, things were looking really good. Uh, And it's got Metropolis on it. It's got Shenmue on it. It's got a whole host of awesome, you know, Sega arcade games. So I would say I flipped the coin in the air. I've caught it, turned it over. There's a Dreamcast pal, blue circle, concentric circle looking at me. Dreamcast. Good choice. Mm. Uh, oh. Who we got next? Pers- it's the last question. The it's the last question. Personalised to you. It is. But I want to. I want to. I want to answer this one as well, if I may be so bold, Sir Gamer Thomas. Of course you can. Um, okay, uh, you asked, but you better ask the question yeah. first. So Retro Gamer Thomas says. Say, look, Retro Gamer Thomas t- says to Tom, "It's a mouthful, wasn't it?" Although you've had a lot of consoles in the past, do you ever regret selling them or trading in? I know you're not really into retro. He's covered every corner for you not to be able to escape out of, isn't he here? <laughs> every door and avenue is shut. He's chasing the chicken out the house. He didn't want it in the dining room. He didn't want it in the kitchen. He wants it out the, out the hall and out the door. He says, do you ever regret selling them or trading in? I know you're not really into retro. Shut that door as well. But do you ever think... I'd love to play through that again and wish you hadn't sold it. Maybe just have a little collection of your all-time faves you could have a blast on every now and then. 
Now, I'm not going to say I regret this because I'll get in a lot of trouble, but I re- I miss my GameCube and the full collection I had for it because it'd be worth a lot of money now as well. Um, I'll tell you how I ended up coming to sell that though. Uh, and I do feel like I definitely have my pants pulled down on this one. Uh, I was with the girlfriend, uh, who is now the wife, um, and we'd only just started dating. And I'll give some advice here that I wish I'd have had. Don't believe people who say, treat them mean, keep them keen, because it really didn't work. And I was um, sort of not being very social on the like messaging each other and I hadn't spoke to her in a couple of days and I got a sort of text like, hi Tom, it's your girlfriend here in case you've forgotten me. And I felt immediately guilty and I thought, yeah, that's really poor advice. If you like someone, you should just say, and if you want to speak to them, you should just do it. So never follow that crappy advice. Oh God, sorry. PG Leave it in for, um, it's part of the emotional story. Yeah, just never follow advice like that. It's usually said by someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, yeah, uh, so I thought, oh, I better get someone to say sorry. So I was like, I was a bit sort of low on money at the time. I was like, oh, I've got a load of GameCube stuff under the bed. I'll take that down there at the local CEX and see what I can get. And I think I've told the story about how their eyes lit up and they were very excited to take my uh, GameCube collection and console away. Uh, that same person, I think, also eyes lit up when I took in some... I had I didn't have a Saturn at the time, but I had a, I had some games hanging around from when I had a Saturn before. Yeah, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll probably not rebuy a Saturn. I'll get rid of these. Mm. And uh, yeah, on stalk. So yeah, I'll take these. I'll, t- I'll I'll take these in. I'll take these in. Yeah, no one rat. else will want them, but uh, absolutely uh, yeah, I, I can take them off your hands. Anyway, uh, so I sold all that, got some cash, went and bought the wife some. I think flowers choppers jewelry whatever uh and yeah it, it, it's a shame because that'd have been a really nice collection to show to my boy i mean maybe they wouldn't be interested in it i don't know how how you sort of older guys who have got sort of reasonably older children how they've received retro or how they look at it but um, mine loves it yeah that's what i mean i think it'd have been nice to have for that reason and also just a, a really solid pretty much covering all the bases collection so that would be one for me retro gamer twice it's a great question uh, i'd definitely have the gamecube back um was there another part to that question i just want to make sure i got all no covered. that's that's it you answered um, it yeah, eloquently thank you yeah cheers for the question and the input as always um mine i've mentioned it before i remember getting rid of the snares I tell you, I've I've confessed to this a couple of times. I think maybe in the Discord, I had a friend do. It was in that sort of in between time before the PS One had come out, and uh, before as the SNES was sort of slowly fading into insignificance. And he had a he bought a Panasonic 3DO, and he had Return Fire, which was this sort of war game set to a classical soundtrack. And it was the first time I'd ever heard a CD soundtrack on the game. And it was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, so I never owned one, but I'd love to get, and they're expensive now, a PAL 3DO. And I would go get the full set. As for games mm-hmm. that I'd sold, I'd love to have some of my consoles that I had as a kid growing up or as an as a teenager that I traded. Um, 
it's like there's only one that I've got a loose thread to pull on. And when I did, you know, that I'd sold a PlayStation one to someone uh, back in the day and I pulled on the thread to try and start getting it back. And it's like, yeah, I think I sold it to someone at a car boot. And it's like, oh. <laughs> I'm really, um, I was very envious of uh, your Mega Drive collection when you started collecting that. Uh, brought back a lot of memories and I'd, I'd love to have all those. I think the cases are probably the best game cases made. The best console uh, Followed by the Dreamcast as well. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Mega Drive because they're bulletproof, those cases. Yeah, yeah. If you collect for the snares, you carts only unless you're mental. I mean, I've got a few boxed SNES games. I've got Super Star Wars. I've got, I think I've got Mario All-Stars, maybe... And I haven't pulled the Nintendo stuff out in a while, but yeah, not not many. Mainly loose carts. Um, and then I look back at all the stuff I had, and it was just mint sides, corners, the whole bag of tricks. Anyway, we finished That's reminiscing. Really good. You enjoyed yeah. that? I did. Uh, thanks again for everyone's questions. It, it means a lot because we're a bit concerned whether we would get anything from that. Um, and maybe we'll do another one of those. Um, in, in a year's time. time yeah towards like a year's time or towards the end of this year but um when we're running out of content yet again <laughs> well we try don't we you try. dare uh well tom we no. reminisce and with that i do believe he's been trying to hawk off the last of the farmerton merch <laughs> uh uh yeah, so he's got Funko Pomp. Funko Pomps. Pomp. He's got uh, a boot full of Ponsbury t-shirts. He's got yeah, and it's all knockoff. Yeah. It's all knockoff, unofficial, unofficial controller stuff. If you want the proper stuff, you got to go through Adam the Artist. If you want the knockoff stuff, you got to speak to Stingray. It's time for a peek got... in, what? What you got to tell me? Come on, Sorry. get the law out um, one last time. Yeah, Write some I law. can't help it. Do it. He has Nerf gun versions of um, the famous Hair Crowther gold-plated shotgun. Really? Yeah. First time we've found out it's gold-plated. <laughs> so an extra bit of lore on top of the law there. So it's time for a peek. Here he comes tearing up the drive. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nest between some counterfeit knackers and a dodgy copy of Battlefriend all this week. These are the new release highlights. Uh, for the week May 18th to May 24th, 2020. Listeners, these are out on digital, physical, or will be by the time this podcast's in your feed, but could be region-dependent. Tom, I had an absolute brain embolism there, much like the early episodes where I couldn't even say that speech without falling over my own teeth. Uh, have you picked a mummy mummy in a VHS? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, first up, we've got a fold apart on the PS4 and Xbox One, May 19th. It's in a world of folding paper, there are two sides to every story. A simple one there. Yeah. I've not seen much about that. Uh, what we got next? Golf with your friends. Uh, it's uh, PS4, Xbox One, and switch May 19th. Why have friends if not to play golf with your friends? Nothing is out of bounds as you take on go- a courses filled with fast-paced, exciting, simultaneous mini golf action for up to 12 players. Yeah, there is another golf game, I think, somewhere. Uh, yeah, what the golf. So this one is, uh, this one's like a, as it says, the kind of like crazy golf scenario where the other one is 
don't get them confused because the other one on Switch is complete drivel. Okay. Um, next up, we've got Gorn PSVR May nineteenth. Gorn is a ludicrous, ludicrous. I can't say that. A violent VR gladiator simulator made by Free Lives, the developers of Broforce and Gentile Jousting. Yeah, this one looks all right. To be fair, I, it's mm-hmm. it's had its uh, it's had its moments on uh, YouTube. I think plenty. Of- Do you think that and sort of Iron Man are going to be the sort of um, tail end of PSVR one, and we're going to see a a, a re rehash of a, a PSVR headset two to uh, oh, PS five? I'd be devastated if uh, Gorn was one of the last highlights. Of, uh, <laughs> Of that, I really would. Yeah. But, uh, What's next? Uh, Warhammer. This is your game. This is your game. Yeah. Warhammer Forty Thousand Mechanis on Switch, May nineteenth. Uh, take control of the most technologically advanced army in the Imperium, the Adeptus Mechanicus. The very decision will weigh heavily on the outcome of the mission in this turn-based tactical game. You turn-based want a game? tactical? Oh my Get goodness. on it, exactly. Uh, you need to be all over that, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm all over this next one because this is my mummy mummy next. Uh, oh, is it? release. Yeah, yeah. I had this originally. Um, I might even pick it up again if, it, if the price drops because... Uh, I'd, I'd probably only play it through a couple of times. Uh, the Wonderful 101 remastered, available on the PC, the PS4 and Switch, US Digital May 19th, EU Digital May 22nd. Uh, you bagged yourself an exclusive over there in sunny USSA. Yeah. USSA? Um, What's that? I rec- I'd recommend to anyone who didn't have this, uh, not a lot of people have played it because it was on the Wii U, but it's a brilliant little action game from platinum studios and it, it just it's a very different take on um the the sort of genre uh here's the uh here's the gist of it a team of heroes from around the world must unite to protect the earth from vicious alien invaders this band of a hundred wonderful uh ones work together using their fantastic abilities to create a variety of forms whether it be a giant fist a sharp blade um, they'll use their wits and powers to overcome the enemy pitfalls and perils. And the final member of the team of this courageous heroes is you. So the controls, I think, have been transferred to the analog sticks to create the shapes you need uh, to perform. You basically have, I think, six or seven key heroes who have the different abilities. So you've got sword, gun. Uh, I think there's like a mace. There's uh, a few others I can't remember. But it, yeah. The rest are made up by people you recruit around the world, uh, like little characters running around. But it's 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 very fun little game that, and uh, I'd recommend it if you're into your sort of uh, Devil May Cry's, uh, Bayonetta's, uh, Ninja Gaid, and anything action based. It's it's a bit more family friendly. It's like Fisher Price is my first action game, but it's hard. It's not easy. So it's just the the design style is a little bit more um, younger based. Okay. Well, next up out the boot, Crucible Peace Crucible on PC May twentieth. Crucible is a free to play team based PvP action shooter, driven by the choices you make. Ah, very good. Uh, Never song on the PC May twentieth. Once upon a time, there was a little boy named Pete who slept peacefully in a coma. When he opened his eyes, he found himself in a nightmare. 
Aqualunge's PC May 21st. Who will prevail? The swift or the cunning? Take what's yours while giving them what they deserve. Next up, Monster Train PC May 21st. Monster Train is a strategic roguelike deck building game with a twist. Set on a train to hell, you'll use tactical decisions, making to defend multiple vertical battlegrounds. With real-time competitive multiplayer and endless replayability, Monster Train is always on time. That looked quite uh, that looked quite good when we were putting together the uh, new releases. I think if that was on Switch, that would probably go over big time. I know there's lots of PC yeah. players out there, but uh, what we got next? This one also uh, piqued my interest. This looks quite an awful lot of fun. Red Wings Aces of the Switch, Aces of the Sky on Switch, <laughs> May twenty first. They'd have been ahead of their time if they're Aces on the Switch. Accompany the legendary Red Baron and Cheap Death on your way to victory. Conquer the skies of the Great War. Pilot legendary warplanes and witness aerial dogfights in the breakthrough stage of the history of flight. Ah. Uh, so this is the bad golf game, apparently. What the golf on the Switch May 21st? Well, it's just a bit out there. Oh, okay. So it's not bad. It's just got a wackier style than the more... The other realist. one looks like to be more fun. This one, the use, like, you one minute I was seeing them use it like a cow. As a, it looks like, uh, okay. it looks like, like the wacky. sort of game that the people who make uh, Goat Simulator would make. Okay. What the Golf? The golf game for people who hate golf, made by people who know nothing about golf. This game will make you a better golf player. It's that sort of claim I make for my uh, streams. It's on Switch as well, so yeah, I thought it was going to be a Steam game, but it, it's probably on Steam as well. Uh, do you want to take this next one? Because the next one's my mummy mummy. Okay. Uh, Juho Jotai. Uh, I think you can, and the... And the Kozani Civil War. Now's your chance to play this entry level. What's that? Dan Maku game? Yeah. Um, yeah, good luck with that. May 22nd, PC. Uh, My Mummy Mummy, Man Eater, <laughs> PC, PS4, Xbox One, May 22nd. Experience the ultimate power fantasy as the apex predator of the seas, a giant shark, terrorize the coastal waterways, tear swimmers and divers limb from limb, give the humans a reason to fear you. That looks really good. Um, that piqued my interest as well. I think that looks pretty decent. Uh, and getting some fairly good review scores as well. Well, how much has it been getting? Uh, sevens and eights, mainly. Wow. I think that's, that's still a really good game. That's your metric yeah. for uh, being a bit disappointed with Days Gone. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget Days Gone review score. Never. Never. You've never Second seen a bigger time. U-turn since Maureen on driving school. Still one of my... I still <laughs> would argue that that day's gone has been my favourite uh, bar. If it hadn't been for Death Stranding, that would have been my favourite exclusive. I, yeah, I think one day we should look back at that. And I do hope it sees a sequel because I think there's more to tell there, isn't there? I don't think it's going to get one because it, did you see the PlayStation Studios logo unveil? And I was looking for Days Gone in there and it wasn't there. Oh, is it not on there? Not at all, no. It won't because it was like, um, were Joel and Ellie on there? Because I'm just wondering where it's I like a more were, mature. Yeah. I didn't know it was like a rating thing that they had to do that for. Maybe. But they've said they're going to tailor that studio intro to like the individual franchises aren't they so if you load up like uncharted six or whatever uncharted five it's going to be 
they can tailor it to have like a little uncharted intro, which is quite cool. Mm. Anyway, uh, the final game uh, of the new releases is Saints Row, the third remastered PC, PS4, Xbox One, May 22nd. Saints Row, the third remastered, gives you control of the Saints at the height of their power and gives you the life to show for it. This is your city. These are your rules. Remastered with enhanced graphics. Steel port the original city of sin has never looked so good as it drowns in sex, drugs, and guns. Take a tank skydiving, call in satellite target airstrikes on a Mexican wrestling gang, and fight against a highly trained military force by your lonesome and the most outlandish gameplay scenarios ever seen. Yeah, the wackier GTA, isn't it? Hmm. I remember getting the first one and like liking it to start with, and then I don't know. I sometimes feel like Saint Row is just a bit too try-hard. If that saying's not a bit too underused or overused. Yeah. I feel like it's trying so hard to be funny, it's just not funny. Or it's trying so hard to be out there, it's just like... Mm, I think really? it's probably not our, It's probably not our humour as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's, there's probably some fun to be had in those uh, for, for some people. But anyway. Yeah, if the remaster's not crazy money, I think it'd be great. Well, with that, yeah. Tom, the boot slams shut. We've been left covered in unofficial, unofficial controller merch from Punko Fomps to I've got a Mumsy T-shirt and you've got a very ill-fitting Lord Ponselbury jockstrap. Uh, good luck with PCO that. PCO Kemp says relaxed T-shirts. Okay, wow. <laughs> Don't get me started again. Don't just just cut the law. Stop it there. Okay. Before I get carried away. The maker, the career. Oh, I didn't do my VHS. Well, he's driven off, yeah. but I've got it in my hand. Mine's mine is uh, glory. Robert Gouldshaw leaves the U.S. Civil Army's first all-black volunteer group, fighting prejudice from both his own Union Army and the Confederates. The stars is that with uh, Matthew Broderick? Yes, Denzel yes. Washington and Carrie Ells. Very good. What's yours? Uh, my VHS this week is um, Memphis Bell. Oh, oh, yeah. The uh, World War II bomber. Um, actually, is it an action film? War oh. film? We'll fall asleep with sweeties in our mouths at glory, but we'll wake up and stick in Memphis Bell and watch every single glorious second of it. Great film. Yeah. Film uh, in this country, I believe. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I think it's got British actors yeah. in it. For, quite a few British actors as well, on it, from memory. Yes, it uh, does. Can I pick another one? If you want no, to. I'll save it. No, I'll save it for next week. I'll save it for next week. Yeah, you normally let yourself down there, don't you? You come out strong and then you you, you name and shame a load and then you, you regret it. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's no British actors in it. Maybe I've got confused. I take it all back. Uh, I better ask you, what are you hoping to play next week? Well, that's slick. We what am I hoping to play next week? Uh, finish off ROM 2064. I don't think there's much left to do. Might start another playthrough just for poops and giggles uh there'll be some inevitable minecraft uh probably need to download stranded deep although i can't see that taking off as well as minecraft uh i still think you should probably put it out on one of the streams and just say right everyone gonna be streaming another game at some point what do you want to see it's the best way to ask okay yeah but i might end up playing a game i i hate 
It's my decision. My decision's final at the end of the day. Uh, so I'll, I'll let him. I'll let him. I'll let him ask. What are you doing? Uh, what else am I playing? There'll be a there'll be a pile of retro. Laura, Laura just want to say hello to everyone. This is a behind the scenes podcast that so you can say hello. Oh, just I'm speak not, on the mic. I'm not on my face. No. <laughs> We're breaking the fourth wall in this episode. So she's just gone crawling in to retrieve a mobile phone charger on her hands and knees so she didn't make any noise. Say hello. Um, hello. Right, goodbye. You can go now. Bye, listeners. The right. voice that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> right, okay. I think this has definitely been the behind the scenes episode, hasn't it? The veil has fallen. And the loneliness of my own life resonates more. I am anyone. We're here for you. Nothing. <sighs> right. Is what are you open? That... No, don't try and sneak off like the rat you are. <laughs> I need to list off a thousand other retro games, but I won't I won't bore you like that. <laughs> Tell me what you're hoping to play. Um finished uh, Last of Us that's pretty much probably got an hour two hours left on that Uh, so you've been in the hospital or not no just I'm on like the outskirts of the city are you playing it on medium or hard difficulty on hard and it's not been too bad I've tried to like organise have you done the bit where you go underground in the subway yet I think that's in this city, isn't it? I think that's quite yeah. tough. Finish that in an hour on the hospital in an hour. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'll try. I'll persevere with that. That was like that, that to me. That's underground section before you get into the section that pulls you away with the. I Benny Hilled it in the end. Yeah, I totally Benny Hilled it. I haven't turned on this playthrough. Probably been a bit more like I'm just going to run in. Just try and take them on rather than first time I played it through, I was real stealthy. This one, I'm just like, nah, go and blast him. Melee attacks all the way, and then realize you can't actually kill the, the ticker with melee unless you've got a weapon. Uh, but yeah, uh, that'll be about it for me. Just uh, usual online nonsense and fun and games. But yeah, okay, that's me, right? Well, in the bag, as they say, Tom. I do believe that's all we've got time for. So uh, we'll give them the outro. That's all we have time for. Thank you this week. As listeners, as always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. Remember, it's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate. 